more exclusive interviews. Back to the Mulberry Lane Show, brought to you by ElisaIlana.com. Here's Mulberry Lane. The babies are back together. One of rock's classic bands from the late 70s and early 80s that brought you hits like Isn't It Time and Every Time I Think of You has reformed with a few new members. They've got a new album, I'll Have Some of That, and a current single, I'll See You There, is currently number six on Billboard's Hot Singles sales chart. Now they have also hit the road. John Visaha, the new lead vocalist and bassist, he's joining us now to talk about the brand new Babies. The Babies, today you'll meet John, classic rock going on. Welcome to the show, John. That is perfect. Thank you. Hello, ladies. How are you today? Oh, great. It's really cool to have you with us. Okay, so before we get to you personally, talk about how the Babies reunion came about and then how you became a part of it. The babies broke up in 81. John Waite went and left in a solo career and, you know, had number one single with Missing You and then yep. went on to form Bad English. Ricky right. went on, eventually went to Sticks, and Jonathan King got plucked right off their last babies tour and went right into Journey. Okay. And, you know, then they kind of laid dormant for 30-some-odd years. End of 2012, I was doing my own solo project. And I was getting ready to open up for Roger Hodgson of Supertramp and having a good time doing that. And I got a call from a friend and he said, hey, I know you're doing your own thing, but I've got a guy who called me up and said he's really looking for a singer. And I said, you know, the only way I'm really going to want to get involved in this is go through the audition process. If it's some sort of 70s and 80s band that's looking for a lead singer or some sort of a new and up and comer that's signed to a major label that just needs the missing link. And he said, yeah, it's a 70s and 80s band. And I said, okay, well, tell me a little bit about it. And he started playing the name game. And first person he named was Ricky Phillips. And I'm like, well, okay. Ricky was in Sticks or is in Sticks right now. And Tommy Shaw is still killing it. And Jay White still killing it. And Gowan replaced Dennis DeYoung. So I don't play keyboards and not Sticks. And he goes, well, how about Jonathan Kane? And I'm like, okay, so bad English? And he said, no, 70s and 80s, right? And I went, hold on a minute. Are you talking Tony Brock and Wally Stalker? And he said, yes. Yeah. So I'm like, I've got to pull over. I'm going to crash my car. And that's how I found out the babies were looking for a new singer. Okay. I know that they'd reached out to John over the years, 30-some-odd years, many times to go do it. I think Michael Corby was trying to put something together with Glenn Hughes as the singer and bass player back in, you know, 2000 time frame. But, you know, things never really got off the mark. But, you know, I went through three months of auditions and landed the gig, and here I am. It's a pretty cool thing. Wow. So now when you were auditioning, what was that like? You know, when I was first brought into the audition, they had two songs they wanted me to sing, Isn't It Time and Head First. And I was a huge Babies fan from back in the day. They kind of hooked me in the late 70s with the Broken Heart album. So I already knew all the Babies stuff. I'd always did Head First and Midnight Rendezvous and cover bands that I was in. So my DNA was kind of cut out of the Babies. You know, when I started writing material back in those days, it was big vocals horns if I could get it, big ensemble part. So I always had a little bit of a timbre to my voice that kind of emulated a little bit of weight. So okay. for me, it was kind of a match made in heaven. Yeah. Talking with John Basaha, new lead singer and bassist with The Babies, here on the Mulberry Lane Show. When you first opened your mouth and sung, did you notice a nod of, oh, this could work? <laughs> my first audition was with Tony's right-hand guy at the time, and the minute I sung... Fallen in Love was the last thing I had on my mind. He said, stop, let's go meet Tony. (laughs) So it was pretty instant. That's pretty cool. The story goes, and you can probably verify this, but the baby's name was originally a joke, right? 
You know, they said it was a joke. I mean, Adrian Millar kind of had it up. They, they were the crybabies, then it was the babies, and between Michael Corby and Adrian Millar, they picked the babies, and it kind of was meant as a joke, you know, because back in those days, babies were a power pop group coming out of England, and really in England those days, if you weren't the Who or Zeppelin, you were a punk rock band. Oh, okay. So the babies, they never made it out in the UK. They had to come to the, the States to kind of get into that power pop genre and okay. made a name for themselves that way. So yeah, I think it was kind of meant as a joke and kind of a stick it to the man kind of a thing, but okay. you know, it stuck and here we are still, you know, 30 some <laughs> yeah. years later with the same name. So the transition from auditioning to being a full-fledged member of the band, was that kind of hard to step into that and feel like an equal member right away? Like when does that auditioning feeling disappear for you? When did you feel totally in? You know, it was three months of auditions, and it was pretty brutal. Towards the end, it was three of us that were going kind of neck and neck, you know, and we were leapfrogging each other. And the fact that I also played bass kind of played into it pretty well. The other two, one of them is a guitar player bassist, and the other guy's just a singer. So they really wanted to kind of consolidate, you know, because we wanted to have the Bay Bets. We wanted to have two guitar players and a keyboard player. So Mm -hmm. instrumentally, it's five pieces plus the girls. I kind of got my chops wet and started working a little bit here and there. But, you know, it took the better part of six months to really kind of feel ingrained. Okay, Once yeah. we started rehearsing, I think I've played these songs more than the babies ever played them live <laughs> back in the day. So, yeah. you know, kind of made it a part of myself, if you know what I mean. Kind of cool that it came full circle. You probably never would have imagined that you would be in that position. You know, the hardest part was really kind of getting the acceptance of the fans because the uh-huh. fans started coming out of the woodwork once it was noted that we were back together again. And John Waite, I'm a huge fan of John. So he's got one of those signature voices mm-hmm. and it's kind of hard to replace that. So my biggest thing was gaining the acceptance of the fans and knowing that, hey, there's another John singing these things. But the yeah. funny thing is the final audition, we all had to sing both those songs together two times straight through. They were going to film it and they were going to record it. And I'm like, well, great. You know, you're going to put some Neumann in front of my face and a big set of cans on my head. Yeah. What's that going to be? I'm going to be looking like Celine Dion and doing, I will go on. <laughs> Why don't you give me a 58 and a cable and put me in front of your drum set and let me lip sync to one of those two takes of each one of those songs? And they said, that's a great idea. And once I put the 58 in front of my face and they got a close-up on me, Tony's like, man, you look like John. And I'm like, you know, from the nose up, we kind of resemble each other. Our mouths are different, but we sound a little similar. But yeah, man, my name's John. I kind of look like him, and I sound a little bit like him. It's kind of a match made in heaven here. Do you think I got the job now or what? And still took another month. Uh-huh. You know, it was fun. Yeah, <laughs> but you had a lot of pluses going for you. I thought I did. I figured that since I had the DNA in my blood, I've been singing the song since they've been out. I thought I had a leg up on everybody, and I guess I did. So it's a great thing. Yeah. So when it comes to the fans' acceptance of you, how do you deal with that? If you get any backlash, do you just kind of acknowledge it and go on? Or like, what's your method of dealing with that? You know, my method was try to ingratiate myself with the fans of John. He's got some really, really diehard fans, and now, you know, they're friends. I gained acceptance through them. The ones that are the naysayers from back in the day that, you know, without John Wade, without Michael, without Jonathan, whatever, it's not the babies. I can't respond to it. It's not going to do any good for me. I let it roll off my back and know Mm -hmm. that, hey, I'm doing a good job. And for me, this isn't about John or Jonathan or Michael not being in it or even Ricky. It's all about bringing the music back. For me, that's where I'm getting the kick. It's all about singing these songs again. They've been dormant for 30 years. Right. So, a good time doing it. And, you know, the other good thing that's probably a little bit unusual, too, is that all the members that were past members are all fine with it. There's no lawsuits. There's no issues with you guys going on. 
Exactly. John Basaha from The Babies here on The Mulberry Lane Show. We'll be back with part two of our interview right after this. Keep it here, where every creative journey is respected. Go into break with some classic babies. Babies. 